and welcome to the Nourishing Soulfully podcast, a podcast for those who wish to live a gentler, kinder way of life. Oh, I am so delighted to have you here. This is season two of the podcast and I'll be interviewing some truly wonderful souls on their journey in self-kindness. But first, I'd better introduce myself. I'm Peter, a self-kindness and intuitive eating coach. I live in Cornwall and work with soulful nourishers all over the world with one-to-one and group coaching programs. I always have a cup of tea in my hand and a cat within stroking distance. Be sure to follow me on Instagram. Just search at Nourishing Soulfully and visit nourishingsoulfully.co.uk for updates on new courses, workshops and one-to-one offerings. At the moment on the website, there's a brilliant five-day video course on creating balance in your life, which is free of charge and you can join the Nourishing Soulfully Club too to gain access to the library full of workshops, courses, ebooks, and audio meditations and breathing techniques. But that's enough about me for now. Let's delve into this week's episode of the Nourishing Soulfully podcast. Today on the Nourishing Soulfully podcast, I get to welcome Sally, who is the creator of Hashtag Wonderful Wednesday, an amazing project um, that goes on every week that first started on Sally's blog and is now over on Instagram. And it's all about counting the little wonderful things of each week and, and showing a bit of gratitude for them. Sally, welcome to the podcast. It's an absolute honour to have you on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, yay. So let's delve into my first question for you, which Mm -hmm. is what prompted you to start Wonderful Wednesday and how has it grown? Um, so to be honest, um, Wonderful Wednesday, I, I started a blog because um, I'd always written growing up um, and hadn't written anything creatively for a long, long time, but enjoyed reading blogs and um, decided yeah. to, to start my own. But it felt like blogs around that time um, were all very much like makeup tutorials or outfit posts. Or, and I kind of just couldn't find where my like creativeness sat in between all of that. And yeah. in the middle of all of that, I um worked in like a, a full-time like sort of almost 50 hours a week retail job that kind of zapped all my creativity and I, I found that during that time because I was quite stressed a lot I really enjoyed like kind of enjoying the tiny little things like you know mm. fresh air and a quitty outside or um like appreciating the, the really small things that they really helped me and I think yeah I started I remember started writing them down in a notepad and then I thought oh I wonder if I shared them with the people I wonder if other people would like to read about that kind of thing and yeah it kind mm. of just gathered momentum um I don't know where the wonderful Wednesday part came from like the hashtag I just can't actually remember <laughs> but yeah that's sort of how it all began oh that's amazing it's like so many of these kinds of things isn't it it's difficult to remember when like how it started um and it's like all of the great things they just are I remember I found I think I found your blog I don't even think it was a social media profile I think it was your blog and started following along and joining in and that was years and years ago I know it was a long time ago I, I, you know I, I thought you were going to ask me when it started and that because I actually can't remember but it was a long time ago yeah like a long time ago I want to mm. say maybe like seven years at least maybe I reckon so More? I reckon you're right there because Nourishing Soulfully has been going for eight years um and it was definitely in the early days of Nourishing yeah. Soulfully yeah I would even kind of think maybe eight years yeah and then I think um I sort of 
stopped read I don't know what I don't know what made me but I sort of stopped reading as many blogs because I got a bit bored with people's like with it, the content seeming a bit stale and I so I yeah. sort of got out the habit of sharing on my blog as well and then when I didn't share anything I really sort of missed it um mm. yeah and then um went through like a really really rough time um and lost my dad sadly and then kind of almost it made me kind of remember how much remembering the little things and counting mm. the tiny little pleasures in your day and um, yeah. that sort of became even more important and I thought you know I wonder if I, if I shared it on Instagram would people still remember it or would people want to join in and yeah. so many more people have got involved or even if they don't um sort of write a weekly post or share it themselves I get such like such lovely messages from people even you know just saying that they've read it and it's really helped them or it's made them think about their day differently or um, they'll tell me what's happened in their day or how they're getting on and yeah it's like it's, it's like almost like a friendship group yeah <laughs> it's lovely yeah it is it's such a wonderful community and everyone's just so lovely yeah how do you kind of how do you believe that noticing the little things in life can help us with overcoming or getting through the big things so I think um, I'm quite an anxious pers- person naturally. Um, so I find it really easy to get overwhelmed by so many things, like whether it's something that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm extremely busy at work or if it's something in family or in, in my personal life. And sometimes, Emily, and I think especially this year, everything can feel so big and so, um, what's the word, like, like your part, you're you know you're trying to contribute to something but you're so small that it doesn't make any difference yeah. you can often just feel quite detached from a lot of things and I feel like noticing the small things almost gives me a bit of perspective and brings me back down to yeah it it's a manageable thing mm. I do and I think you know people can achieve huge amounts of things in a day but it's okay if all I achieve is I sit outside and I really enjoy having a cup of tea outside yeah. you know I write a few things down that are important to me and I go out on my bike, take the dog out. And if I'm, you know, I'm not feeling like I want to do several million things that day. I feel like just counting the small things kind of gets me through sometimes. It puts puts perspective, I think. Yeah, that's what it gives absolutely. me. Absolutely. And I think as well, it really helps you to continue to notice all of the lovely things in life because it does. Yeah, when, when we're kind of like tuned into negativity, especially, unfortunately, a lot of the news is really yeah, negative, definitely. isn't it? It kind of, you, you tune in more to the negative things going on. But when definitely. you're noticing those little lovely things, you really notice the positives more too. You do, definitely. And I think it, this sounds a really, um, not that I feel like I have to do it now, but I think because it's become a habit doing it every sort of midweek, yeah. um, and because so many other people join in and sort of message me about it, even on the weeks where I have a really tough week for whatever reason I still do it and even if I'm not feeling it I notice it it helps me so yeah. you know obviously if I really didn't want to do it I wouldn't do it but I, I think the fact that it's become a habit has become really good for me so I'm hoping that other people benefit from it in that way as well. Oh I really think they do I think it's that kind of knowing that consistently whether they share their own wonderful Wednesday or not they're going to get to read someone else's and kind of yeah. tap into the loveliness that way as well it can be just so helpful and it can be a really nice reminder that you don't have to have these really amazing milestones met all the time no. in order to be living like a really great life you can have like that cup of tea outside in the fresh air or noticing the leaves changing color or reading a book 
under a blanket like all of these lovely things yeah, and what make life things life don't they yeah and you know like social media probably like I think I kind of hope it comes back around a little bit but I think so much of social media especially Instagram is about um I I can be guilty of following people and thinking oh, I can never afford that or I'll never mm. be able to go on holiday there or you know it can sometimes put things in front of you that are very unattainable to you so yeah. you can sometimes then feel like you're not as adequate for not being able to achieve those things or whatever reason whereas something like sitting outside with a cup of tea in the fresh air wherever you are in the world like pretty much most people can do that mm. you know most people can appreciate the the how beautiful the light's been or how the air smells or like yeah. the things that everyone can relate to and everyone could you know could do if, if they think it might help them so I think that's why it that's why it's quite a good thing it's like a common ground for people mm, absolutely and I think once you kind of get into either sharing or even just reading um on a Wednesday your mind automatically then when you kind of hear the word Wednesday you start thinking about all of the lovely things yeah. that you could list even if you're not kind of taking part that week or you don't fancy taking part it still it still becomes something which is second nature in a way yeah definitely and sometimes like I say if I've had a really like a really tough week if I've just been really busy and I think oh god it's Wednesday and I think mm. oh has anything nice happened this week or has, has anything have I done anything and I think oh I haven't but then when I actually sit and think there's always something there's yeah. always something like no matter whether you've had a really hard week or if you've had a great week and you've been mm. kind of smashing through all of your goals and got you know a really productive week doesn't matter what kind of week I've had I always can find something there's always yeah. some kind of glimmer of hope in, in amongst you know in amongst the mm. like the gloom or, or on, the, on the good weeks even yeah and I think it's interesting because we can kind of like especially the bad weeks when you kind of think there is nothing good about this week if you just take a moment to write down just the things that have popped a smile on your face it really does add up doesn't it it does yeah and you sometimes I'm quite often surprised I often run out of characters on Instagram <laughs> yeah I'm often surprised at the amount of things I could pick out and I think no just stop stop now yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's so lovely. You on Instagram and on your blog, actually, you have such an eye for capturing beauty, both in photographs and words. It's the absolute truth. Has this always been the case, Sally? So, do you know, um, they're funny, they're two, uh, they've always been two really separate things for me. So I've always loved to write from mm. being like, as, as you know, as soon as I could write. And I've always loved to take photographs, but not in photographs wise not in a serious way but I always remember getting like a, a disposable camera when I was like I must have been about seven or eight and I took photos of everything I arrange, arranged things and like flowers and yeah made people pose with things and so I've always loved taking pictures but of yeah for, for what I always thought really kind of boring everyday things mm. but that, that like the nice side of them and then the writing side of it um I grew up just loving writing stories and yeah I remember I wrote a book when I was about probably about the same age like eight or nine and I've like properly tied it all together with ribbon and did little illustrations in it and yeah. so I think the two things were always really separate it's only when I sort of started reading blogs that I thought oh, maybe I could put the both of them together um so yeah I guess it's just always been a creative outlet both of them yeah um Aww. yeah so a, a bit of both I suppose a bit of both <laughs> So you have the most amazing fur baby called Ness. Could you tell us yeah. a little bit about Ness? <laughs> well, amazing might not be the word I would use to describe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Ness is, um, she's a three-year-old um, Sprocker Spaniel. So she's a Springer and Spaniel cross. Um, 
always, always wanted a puppy. Um, we've always yeah. grown up with dogs. Um, my mum has two spaniels, both rescues, um, and she's got a Springer and a Cocker, um, and they're both like lovely dogs. And so we thought, oh, Sprocker will be like best of both worlds. Yeah. Um, we just we couldn't find a puppy anywhere. This was she's three now, so three or four years ago we, we sort of started looking. Every single time a litter popped up, as soon as you get round to messaging, they just disappear really quick. Mm. Um, and Ness's litter, she was the last last one left in her litter um oh. and we went to see her I thought we sort of went to see her thinking will we get her will we not get her um mm. but I think I sort of thought we definitely would anyway because there was no way that I was coming home without a puppy no. <laughs> um yeah so from the moment we met her she's the, honestly the, the weirdest dog I've ever known she's such a funny creature such a funny creature she's um I think because she was the last left in the litter she's very naturally scared of most things before she gets to know them um mm. but yeah she's su such a funny personality um yeah I've no she makes me laugh and also scream in equal measure both days she's just yeah <laughs> she's such a terror but she's so funny and so sweet that she can sort of do something very cheeky and very naughty but then put a head on you and lie on you and, th and look at yeah. you and you think oh it's okay <laughs> <laughs> it's all right <laughs> does she have a um, lot of energy Sally she does yeah but um I mean when she was tiny it was almost we, we almost sometimes didn't know what to do with her you could sort yeah. of go out for a couple of hours with her and it's, it would make no difference whatsoever so and we did I remember we did think like when is this gonna like when's she gonna sort of slow down a little bit <laughs> <laughs> um, which is kind of the nature of spaniels to be honest but now she's yeah. three she's definitely she went through a sassy um sort of teenager phase where she didn't want to do anything and almost forgot everything we'd ever taught her yeah and she's kind of kind of finally mellowed now she's still very cheeky and she's still got um a bit of attitude but even though I think um it drives us both demented a lot of the time I think we secretly quite like it as well Aww. um so she does have lots of energy but she's also um which we notice more now she's super clever so you literally do something um once with her at, you know quarter past six yeah. one day and then at quarter past six the next day she sits and she's like right we're we doing that again today oh my goodness think, mm, she's she's very clever which she outsmarts us a lot of the time yeah. Katie <laughs> is a bit like that one of our cats if you kind of start a routine and mm -hmm. it only has to be once <laughs> like I use the term routine very loosely yeah. um that's it then you have to follow through all of the time and it just her routines have just grown and grown and grown yeah and at 16 like her bedtime routine is like an hour and a half long and you have to do everything at the right time and if not she'll shout at you she gets really annoyed she'll yeah. knock things off shelves like it's it must be at her time and yeah. everything's got to go the same kind of way yeah, yeah yeah completely um made me giggle when you said that you kind of thought when is this going to end when that kind of how she how she was when she was younger because I one of our cats um Arthur who is a ginger tom yes is so cheeky and so naughty um and a friend of mine who also had a ginger tom said like oh I'm I'm he's now one like how long do you reckon it'll be until he yeah. stops kind of acting up like this and I was like, like well yeah Arthur's seven <laughs> <laughs> we're not oh, out of that yeah. phase yet <laughs> so yeah Ness is just different in the way when she was little she was almost just energy but she didn't know what to do with it it was just everywhere yeah. I remember Martin used to on an evening we'd be trying to watch something and she just wouldn't give up and he'd sometimes just spend the evening with her in his arms walk the only way she would calm down is if he'd lift her up 
the little legs dangling down. He'd just walk up and down the living room and I'd sit on the sofa watching whatever we were watching. He'd just watch it from walking up and down the living room until she fell asleep. And once she, once she kind of powered down, it's almost like she didn't know how to switch her switch off when she was little, whereas she's a bit better mm. at that now. Um, but you used yeah. to just have to wait for her to sleep and then we'd like, sort of like crawl out of the room and switch the light up and try not to disturb <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, she's, oh, it's she's like having human babies, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It really is. Like I said, Fraser said to me earlier, we're having a bit of a tough time at the moment because Tina's a little bit poorly and under the weather, so we're not sleeping very much. And he was like, "Do you reckon this is what it's like to have kids?" And I was like, "We said, I, mean, uh, we, I don't we, think it's far off." No, and you know, we said the other day. Um, I was like, I said, I, honestly, people that have a puppy and also have children, how do they get? How do they leave the house in the oh. morning? <laughs> I don't but think yeah. I'd leave the house. No, I don't know what I would look like if I did. I take my hat off to anyone yeah, with definitely. children and a puppy or children and kittens or children and poorly pets because it just, it feels never ending sometimes, doesn't it? It really does. <laughs> um, so I, from looking, from kind of following you for so many years, Sally, and, and really knowing um, the work that you put out there, I would say that the seasons influence you quite a lot with your creativity and, and the content that you produce. But I imagine as well that it kind of influences you personally too. Would, would you say that? Yeah, I think so. I think it sounds really silly. I think the older I've got, and, and no, I'm, I'm not really old, but I think the older you get, the less you need to kind of feel fulfilled and happy. It starts mm. becoming a bit more about less you know, material things and more about what's going on around you. And I think yeah. the older I've got, the more um, I feel like my myself kind of mirrors the season. So, you know, I, I don't have as much energy in winter. I don't, you know, I'll, I feel like I've got a bit more of a spring in my step once spring comes around and I think the older I've got the more I've kind of learned to just go with the season so yeah. almost like embrace them rather than fight against them so you know embrace the fact that it goes dark at three o'clock mm. in the middle of winter and use that as an excuse to kelp and have a hot drink and you know with a blanket yeah. or and try and like yeah don't don't force myself to be against the seasons as much and I think I've just noticed how much better that makes me feel mentally and physically yeah um by doing that I, I don't even think it's necessarily been a conscious thing I think it's just almost just gradually happened mm, um, I think often like if you watch any kind of animal or tree or anything really in nature throughout yeah. the seasons like they they don't fight against it they just kind of no. go with it and there's so many animals that hibernate and so many animals that kind of do less activity during the winter autumn and winter seasons yeah. And here's us humans kind of pushing against it and trying and kind of feeling like we should have that same energy level and that same drive and motivation all year long. You know, I've, um, definitely. Case. And I've just I've just finished reading um, Matt Haig's um, beautiful book, Notes on a Nervous Planet. I don't know if you've read it oh, at all. I haven't read that one yet, but I love his book so much. Yeah, it's there's a, a bit in it about um, and it's totally so oh, there's so many pages I've folded over and scribbled on and stuff. But mm. there's um, a bit that he talks about how, you know, years and years and years ago, clocks weren't even a thing that people 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 lived their day by the light of the sun and when it got yeah. dark and they couldn't do things they did do things they went to sleep whereas now you know we've got devices that we plug in we've got electricity we can yeah. you know when the light bulb was invented he sort of talks about how um Edison went on and on about how that meant that men didn't need to sleep they could work 24 hours a day and how much more productive that would be and it's not yeah. just it's like it's almost like you could what you could be awake 24 hours a day and yeah I, yeah it's funny it's funny how times have changed and how 
we go against the seasons and I think um probably during COVID as well when everything was up in the air and nobody knew what was going on and it was all a bit uncertain because it was something Mm. we'd never experienced before the daffodils were still there in spring you know and the snow still came in winter and like I think over everything the fact that nature always prevails is a bit of a comfort for me another thing I guess to lean on when you feel like everything else is a bit out of control oh it really really is I can remember that first spring because it, it lockdown happened in March didn't it and we had it a little bit earlier in Barcelona than Mm -hmm. um, the UK did we had it I think it was two weeks earlier Um, and I can remember it feeling so bleak um, and like it felt like the world had come to a halt it did honestly did yeah and, and then as spring sprung as it does every year suddenly there was just hope there was just this, this tiny glimmer of hope that hang on a minute yeah. like mother nature hasn't stopped things are still going on the world's still turning and you're yeah. right there's just so much hope in that it kind of puts like, like I said again like a bit of perspective like that nature keeps keeping on the seasons keep keeping on and if everything yeah. else is if you've got nothing else to cling to that alone is, is a good anchor point to start on um, oh, so I think that's probably where my kind of appreciation of I think it's been a gradual thing I think it's just as I've got older yeah Um, yeah. would you say that self-kindness is something which is important to you Sally yeah I think and again like a broken record again that is also something that I've learned the hard way to kind of how how important that is I've sort of tried to as my mum would say burn the candle at both ends you know I don't need to sleep for seven hours a night I can manage on six hours a night or and I think um self-kindness as well like it sounds really silly it doesn't have for me like it isn't necessarily something like having a face mask and having made you know a big bubble bath or whatever mm. self-kindness to, can be so many different things to so many people self-kindness can just to me mean you know I'm really tired I'm not sleeping I'm not going to do a lot today I'm going to read my yeah. book and I'm going to rest that is like self-kindness as much as like an indulgent spa day is for somebody else like yeah it's, yeah I think it's just a lot of self-kindness comes from learning about like and being in tune with yourself and what you need to feel at your best and what you need yeah. to feel at your best is not necessarily what somebody else is you know need to feel. um so yeah it is really important to me and I think again um it doesn't mean I'm I think I'm getting better at it but I still will have times when I think you know what I'm not looking after myself yeah and I'm not at my best because of that it's almost like a knock-on effect isn't it mm. um you all know with no sleep it's like all I want to really probably do is drink a lot of tea and eat a lot of chocolate (laughs) but um, I know you know that's fine in the short term but I know that if if, you know if I did that for three weeks I'd be wired and um probably my energy would be all over the place Mm. um but yeah I would say it is really important to me but I think it's important for people to like find what works for them and not try and you know try and find what feels good for them and nourish themselves as opposed to yeah absolutely I think there's such a unfortunately kind of self-care became this real buzzword didn't it Um, and very very commercialized and so it pointed everyone's focus to towards buying things in order to that's so true it's gonna be my yeah yeah yeah, definitely I think um like I don't know marketing is very clever at that at making us think we need things Mm. to be able to to, you know to look after ourselves when actually you actually just need the basic things like to eat well and yeah. move your body and sleep and 
breathe yeah. properly <laughs> which Absolutely. are all things you, you don't really need anything for but no. um but yeah no definitely that that's so true when it comes to self-kindness I always think like think of yourself as a toddler how would you look yeah. after a toddler what are a toddler's needs they need safety they need stability they need food and a warm bed and yeah. a good amount of sleep and people to play with and socialize and just time to be um and so if we're giving ourselves if we're kind of fulfilling all of those areas we are being really kind to ourselves it, yeah. it doesn't mean that we have to go out and buy loads of things it's definitely it's got nothing to do with buying things really it's just it's about tuning in and having to think about what do I need today how can I be kind yeah. to myself today and maybe that's not doing all of the housework that yeah. you feel needs to be done um, or maybe that isn't journaling because if you're sat down and you're pressuring yourself and you're making yourself journal that's not very kind and no. what we can often do is we can take these self-development tools and ideas um, and self-care tools and ideas and make ourselves do it and put a load of pressure on ourselves or even yeah. punish ourselves so I haven't done it so I'm going to sit here until I do it even though it's cold even yeah. though you know I'm because, tired. because such and such person on Instagram yeah. journals every day and does and she's yeah I just think oh, yeah it's oh, I could talk about this for ages <laughs> I think it's just about it's just so much about just the, the very basic things which again like it doesn't exclude anybody you don't have to have you know trying to think of an example like a, a really expensive bike or you know a, no. I don't know really expensive or you don't even have to have lots of money and have to buy really fancy food and no. it's just the basics of just learning how to nourish yourself and look, it's just looking yeah. after yourself like um, one of my top ways of looking after myself is having beans on toast under oh, a blanket with toast. a cup of tea it is oh it, it's, it's just yeah, yeah and maybe that goes back to kind of my childhood yeah and like if I was being taken care of that was probably one of the meals I'd be given yeah. it's, it's just so comforting so warming um and like you said it, it, when it comes to being kind to yourself and that's even going towards the thoughts that you're thinking in your mind as well if you're being really mm -hmm. unkind with your thoughts you know would you um if we think about childhood and um a bully at school and if the bully was kind of hitting you every day and then went right actually do you know what can you take this fist and hit yourself every day for the rest of your life because I can't be bothered anymore that's kind yeah. of what we do with our thoughts yeah, it is those, so true those judgmental so thoughts we're hitting ourselves around the head time and time again and the likelihood is we've been saying it since we were little yeah um and that though that's self-kindness as well isn't it it's not just the kind of surface level like have a bath and get a manicure and you yeah. know if those things feel lovely that's wonderful and that's amazing but it's also going deeper than that about what do you need how can yeah. you be kind to yourself how can maybe some of the stuff that you're making yourself do how is that actually unkind yeah um, definitely and, re and really noticing those cues of when you're struggling when you're having a tough time yeah I think it's Funny. probably one of the, the biggest lessons to, to learn. And sometimes I sit there and I think, um, do you know, I wish I'd known this like five years ago. I wish I'd known this, yeah. like, how much time I wasted. But ugh, it's a funny one. You almost, you know, someone could have told me this five years ago, but until I experience or go through the process myself, mm. you, you almost can't, 
yeah you can't get there till you get there by yourself no. if that makes sense yeah it's it's one. similar in a way to learning a language um and yeah I was an English teacher for many many years and I always used to say I always used to have students who were scared of making mistakes and oh. I'd always say you can't learn if you don't make mistakes no I, so true I can't teach you if you don't make mistakes because no. I don't know what you don't know some of the most important things you learn I always say this like if I, I remember in my last job when I would teach other people things and I always just say the best way of learning is often to to do something not quite get it right and then yeah. work out why and then you learn how to how to do it the right way yeah you mm-hmm. learn the most important things by not getting them right quite a lot of the time yeah in so yeah. many ways oh we really do and also like not being afraid of those as of not being I think we kind of um what's the word kind of have a nation of people that thinks that everything has to be perfect um, maybe that yeah. is the whole you know the instagram social media thing but um marketing so much of, as well yeah definitely so much of the, the best parts of life are the bits that are a bit broken or a bit um not, you know not perfect or you yeah. learn the most important things around you know with those kind of things yeah absolutely and it's similar as well with that kind of idea of everything needs to be go to plan yeah like, definitely the best experiences in life are obvious um are usually not planned no true they just happen they just come about and I remember like in my teenage years and early 20s like if we planned a night out it would be all right it would be okay but it would never be the best one no definitely (laughs) never be the best one like the best one was always the one that just happened to happen and you weren't in your going out clothes yeah yeah and you didn't have however many you know to get ready and you just yeah just went do you know what does anyone fancy going out yeah and they were always they were always the nights that yeah that you wish would last forever and that were the best ones and yeah so planning as someone we were just talking before weren't we about um as someone who is massively a routine person in a lot of ways Mm. I think another thing I've had to learn growing up is I am a routine person, but the world won't end if I don't go to bed at that time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, within, it's kind of about the balance, isn't it? Oh, bedtime um, is yeah. such a big one. I can get quite antsy about bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so silly. But like bedtime in this house is 10 o'clock. And um, yeah. as 10 o'clock is kind of like starting to come around. And by that, I mean 20 past nine. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm starting to be like, because we always leave um, changing the cat's waters and doing the list trays and, and things like that and feeding the yeah. cats until just before we go to bed because that's yeah. the routine if we changed it there would just be hell to pay um, <laughs> and so as it's kind of edging towards half past nine and we're, and I'm like no we've got to stop watching whatever we're watching or doing whatever yeah. we're doing because it is bedtime <laughs> and this is quite like this isn't like something I've always been like really I think it's it's more so since living with Fraser because before I used to stay up really rather late I'd still get up early though um yeah I wasn't kind to myself in that way so I'd be working and working and working and then I'd still be getting up really really early yeah and not getting very much sleep but yeah, bedtime's a big one <laughs> it is yeah it can be I think between me and Martin as well he's very laid back and he'll just if he's watching something he'll go to sleep when he's finished it or he'll go to sleep when he's tired and I quite often will go well I'm just going to go to bed because I always go to bed at this time (laughs) so I'm going to bed (laughs) I used to sort of sit up sort of when we first met force myself to sit up and but I thought no I'm not I need more sleep (laughs) yeah so um so I I go to bed regardless I stopped trying to um keep up with his like he's definitely much more of like a night owl and I'm I'm much more of a morning person um there's also yeah. something so lovely about being in bed early. Oh, yeah, there I is. Just... That, that's self-care. That 
to me that is you know when somebody said you see someone mention oh I'm going to bed at nine o'clock and I think oh look at you oh yeah <laughs> at half past eight what a time yeah. to go to bed like <laughs> with a cup of tea or and a book a, yeah a little book sleep tea oh yeah. delightful and new like freshly laundered sheets yeah and, living the dream oh absolutely <laughs> nice comfy pajamas as well yeah. that is like that's that is a really good night for me that is a good <laughs> <laughs> me too <laughs> um oh sally i adore your style um I just think you have such an eye for everything. Um, and do you think that comes from working in retail or do, or do you, you know, think? This is the one, the one um, I don't necessarily think that I have got an eye. I think I've always just liked colour and, mm. um, which, and, and print and pattern. And um, yeah, I don't know if it comes from retail. I think I find like, um, clothes and and like maybe home furnishings and, mm. and those kind of things even though they're not essential I find yeah. um those kind of things another creative outlet I guess yeah um so and I think maybe working in retail probably fed that a little bit because I got to mm. sort of fiddle around with window displays and um and be creative in that way so possibly but I feel like even when I was little I, I always was the one that was playing with flowers and making shapes out of things or oh. yeah laying things out nicely I think it's just been some I've just I'm just a buffer <laughs> <laughs> where are your favorite like, yeah, I'm a serial yeah. oh I think it should be yeah I remember when we moved when me and Martin moved in together and we um our spare room was just like boxes for hours and out like for months and months and we finally sorted mm. it all out got a bookshelf and he's like we'll just put the bookshelf and just throw I said no we're not throwing everything on I need to do the bookshelf properly I spent oh, so long doing I love I love a good like bookshelf sort out and all my bits mm. and bobs and everything um so yeah I'm just a buffer I think that's what it is um I quite happily would look through magazines and tear bits out or um yeah, yeah that kind of thing and um, that's why I think I'm you know you were sort of um asking me about like going to ask me about shops and online shop, yeah. or, like shopping and things I find that really hard shopping in general is not is something that I really hate which a lot of people think is quite strange oh. I think because I can never find what exactly what I want I, I usually start with wanting a certain thing like yeah. I'll have a gap where I think that would be great if I had that and I can never find and I find mm. um like online shopping very overwhelming and too there's too yeah. much of everything everywhere um, I like charity shops for that reason. Me too. I was, yeah, it was just charity shops or vintage shops are yeah. quite often now. And um, because we were going to talk about online, uh, talk about favorite shops and things, mm. and I was really struggling because I don't don't really think I have a favorite shop really. Yeah. Um, I feel like over the past like three four years, a lot of what what I've bought has been through eBay, mm. and mostly because I've been. Do you know what? I really need a dusky pink top. That's one thing I don't have, and it would be so useful. And I can yeah. put that in and find it. And yeah. it's not um, complete. I don't have to troll through 20 million shops to find it. And oh, I find that so overwhelming and just It's exhausting. too much. <laughs> yeah, too much. Um, and and I you think... end up like, you're, fo- you're hyper-focused on finding this one thing that you don't notice anything else in the shop, or I no, don't anyway. I don't either. I, find, I actually find shopping in an actual shop too, like, too much. There's too, mm. it's too, it's almost like too overstimulating in, in many yeah. ways. And I, I, I either, like you just said, I either can't find what I'm looking for and don't look at anything else, or I get so distracted by everything that I come out and think, I can't remember what I went in there for. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Um, so I think, um, again, like as I've got older and, and worked out 
again like I don't need as much as I think I need mm. um that now quite often I'll I'll just think you know what I really could do with a white whatever I'll yeah. look on eBay and nine times out of ten most of what I buy is usually off eBay <laughs> which oh, yeah which it. is good as well yeah no it's fab it's fantastic um the question I'm asking all guests on this season of the Nourishing Soulfully podcast is, if you could add anything to be taught in the curriculum in primary and or secondary schools, what would it be? What do you wish you were taught at school? Can I, can I pick, well, because I was thinking about this and there's probably two things that I think maybe one one more primary, one a bit more secondary, okay. but they probably would kind of overlap. So the primary one, I think... Um, is probably just more education around food, which I know this mm. is probably right up your street, but I just feel like we've got a nation of such, like nobody knows about, nobody knows how to cook anything, and nobody knows about yeah. food and vegetables and really basic things. And mm. I really wish I was taught more, like I'm really lucky that my mum, my like we're massive, like we're into, like our family's into food and they, my mum's a great cook and we've always grown up helping her out and um, yeah. But I know a lot of people aren't as fortunate as that. But mm. I just I really wish that was taught at school, like an oh. education of how important food is. And yeah, we've, absolutely. I just think, yeah, we're a, a bit of a nation of convenience, everything. And mm. yeah, so that, that's my primary school thing. And then my secondary school thing, again, is something that I, I feel like I've only really got to know properly over maybe the last three three four years is I really wish um more was taught to girls and guys I suppose about um like periods yeah. and like the menstrual cycle and, and everything bar just this is a sanitary towel yeah <laughs> goodbye oh. <laughs> periods are bad goodbye <laughs> um, yeah I just I, I, I just I didn't know how, I mean my mum was great at talking about it but even when I think back I was nervous to talk to my mum about it because I yeah. felt like it was something that I should that, you know it was bad to talk about which mm. my mum never ever would have I never got that from my mum I think it yeah. was just a, a, the general feeling that I got about yeah yeah it's, for ages but yeah it's just a general kind of feeling around isn't it about yeah just I mean just about how um, how it all works instead mm. of just what a period is like what hormones are and how they yeah. work and because I would I think as a young like I said I'm trying to think how old we were when we got taught about it was it like 11 or something 18 yeah. or 11 maybe and um, I would have found that so interesting if I'd actually yeah. known like the, sci- the science behind all of it and how it all worked rather oh, and than it just... wouldn't have felt so scary as well no and, so, like... and you would have under- you almost would have understood it a little bit more yeah. and yeah I feel like most of my findings in in you know like into that have just come from myself and yeah, mm. I would love for that to be more talked about more and to be more um less of a, a, a bad thing and more yeah. of just something that is celebrated a bit more it's, it's an amazing thing but so yeah they're my they're my two things <laughs> oh I love them I love them both thank you for sharing that Sally that's all right so finally how are you going to be kind to yourself this coming week um I think so um well I suppose two sides I'm still not sleeping great so mm. this week I've kind of told myself I'm just because we haven't been sleeping great for a while that's also down to the dog <laughs> so it's all about pets stealing sleep at the moment yeah. um but um yeah so I've kind of not tried to put too much pressure on myself this week I'm quite lucky in that I've got um sort of a part-time day job and then do a bit of freelance work on the side so um mm. whilst that took me a little while to get used to um I find that I feel really grateful for the fact I can pick and choose my workload a little mm. bit um so trying to not take on too much that's my kind of mantra for this week and to just do 
um, what I'm able to do well and um, rather than you know do seven things like mediocre try and yeah. do a couple of things um, and then my second thing is to kind of do a bit of my own I'm working on my own website at the minute which has been a work in progress Ooh. for years um, which is nearly done how exciting <laughs> um, but, yeah um, so I, I find it really hard to um, give myself that sounds silly allow myself time to to write and to do things for that because it basically doesn't pay me any money at the minute so there's that thing of I could be doing something that is giving me some money or you know I could do a bit of that which you know hopefully in the long run might go towards something that might turn into more paid work but yeah it's a bit of a thing I struggle with at the minute so my other thing of self-care is to give myself I've got tomorrow to do my own thing I'm not going to do anything that's work related and um I sort of started trying to give myself a day a week or half a day a week to do that. Mm. And I, I got into a really good rhythm and it's kind of fallen by the wayside. So I'm going to pick that back up um, because, I, yeah, it's oh. been a work in progress for too long. <laughs> I'm I'm going to have a similar day tomorrow of oh, no God. work and just basically my plan is to have a pyjama day oh, on the sofa God. with the cats and catch up on, um, I think it's atypical that's got a new season out on oh, Netflix and I love oh I love it so much it follows the life of um a teenager he's in his late teens right and um he has autism mm-hmm. he's on the spectrum oh, and it's just the loveliest tv series it's very yeah. funny we're um we're not we're not struggling but we can't agree on we've sort of got a gap in what to watch next at the minute so um so yeah I might have to look that up that sounds like quite probably quite we probably both watch we find it hard to pick someone we both want to watch at the same time so it can be tricky can't it I'm such a big fan of like period dramas and I love um call the midwife and I'm just like finally now finishing um, yeah the last series that is on BBC iPlayer but Fraser doesn't like Call the Midwife at all so I'm kind of watching it when he's <laughs> when not he's home doing it, yeah. yeah when he's doing other things oh cool. Sally thank you so much for coming on the That's podcast where can people find you so <laughs> my website is to be confirmed but that is on its way but I guess most of the time you'll probably find me on Instagram I would say yeah um so yeah so um, my handle is just Sally Tangle and Lovely. if you want to find me on there that would be nice and say hello that would be wonderful. wonderful and I will pop that in the show notes as well I just want to say as well while I'm here it's been so ni- I don't know why it's taking me so long but it's so nice to talk to you Peter because I feel like we've spoken in email and online in various forms for about a million years and we've never yeah. actually spoken <laughs> in real time together <laughs> oh. but you're just honestly one of the kindest um like selfless people that I've ever met online like you never thought you can always guarantee that if I if I put something somewhere that says I'm not having a great week or I'm struggling you're the very first person that pings into my messages that says oh, is everything all right and honestly um messages on Instagram get lost easily but yeah I can't mm. thank you enough you've helped me out more than you imagine honestly Oh, thank you. Oh, you're so wonderful. And to everyone listening, if you would like a little bit of wonderfulness in your day and just to pick you up, but not in a cheesy way, in a really (laughs) gentle, because, you know, some some of like the gratitude stuff can be really cheesy online, can't it? Yeah, it can a little bit cringy, a little bit. Yeah. And but Wonderful Wednesday isn't like that at all. It's just really it feels like a really nice warm hug from your favorite person and it does like... I always I always think if I could get together because I don't like I think 
I don't know how many people right now, a good handful of people right now. Mm. And I always think if I could get everybody together in one place, it would, oh. would have the nicest time. Yeah. Yeah, it Completely. feels a little bit like like you know everybody already, almost. Yeah, it really, really it does. Nice. It does. Oh, Sally, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's been lovely. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Nourishing Soulfully podcast. I so hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed creating it. And as a little reminder, because you are a soulful nourisher now, you've listened to an episode. As soulful nourishers, we know that resting is an investment in ourselves, our well-being, our energetic capacity. We know that play is not just for children, it enables souls of all ages to connect to creativity and joy. As soulful nourishers, we know that food is love and joy. It fuels, connects and creates. It is culture, tradition and nourishment. We know that breaks give our minds time to refocus. And we know that relaxing is the act which creates energy. It is not a waste of time. Above all, as soulful nourishers, we know that we are doing the best we can with the resources, time, energy, knowledge, wisdom, experience and capacity that we have to hand, always. Be gentle, be kind. You're doing the best you can, always. With lots of love, Peter and the cats.